Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 237 of the Co-op Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going good, man. How are you doing, Rich? Doing pretty good. Uh, just getting ready for uh, Super Bowl Sunday. It's uh, quite quite a bit of festivities going on later today. <laughs> um, we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing good, Rich. Uh, lots of stuff uh, happened this weekend. We got a couple things to unpack before the big game tonight, which really everybody right now, especially here, is watching the big game just for the movie trailers and for the halftime show. Let's just get that out the way now. Let's be honest with ourselves and move on from there. Agree 100%. That's exactly what I'll be watching for. Uh, the game, though, I will say, you know, I'll give a shout out to my boy Ricky because I know he's rooting for Patriots. So we'll see what happens tonight. Um, but yeah, uh, Max and Dana can't join us today because uh, they had some other stuff they had to take care of. But, uh, you know, we hope they're doing well and they enjoy the festivities of uh, tonight's uh, entertainment. But um, yeah, as uh, JJ already mentioned, we do have a, a couple of topics to get into. But before we do that, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, JJ, how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing? So I've been doing a couple different things between playing games and also doing some unboxings, which we have now on the channel that you guys could check out. We actually did uh, a couple different things. We did an unboxing for the the Antlion Audio Mod Mic 5, which we also kind of ties into one of the games I recently reviewed that I've been playing, which is Monster Hunter World. Now, I love Monster Hunter World. I gave it a 95 out of 100. I think the game is awesome. I think the game is great. A lot of people are having a lot of fun with that. Uh, and I talked a lot more in depth besides what I went into in the review in our commentary game play vid which we used the mod mic 5 to talk about you know the game overall uh the microphone itself was pretty dope again it connects to any pretty much any headset with an adhesive and it sounds really good again if you guys have checked out the gameplay commentary it's pretty dope in the way that you know i was able to kind of project my voice as well as also have the gameplay audio in the background it's pretty awesome but getting back to monster hunter world i think the game is fantastic uh it's probably the best in the series to date. I said that in the review and I really believe that because I feel like a lot of people are going to jump into the series with this game and deservedly. So there's a lot of stuff that's uh, been done with this version of the game uh, over previous versions that I've always asked for as far as being open and more uh, kind of friendly to newer players and giving everybody more tools and, and a lot of quality of life stuff to get them in on the fun with Monster Hunter. And I think this does it so far the best that I've seen in the series that, uh, to date. So definitely if you haven't yet picked up Monster Hunter Worlds for either your PlayStation 4 or your Xbox One, you need to get up on this and actually get together with some of your friends. You're going to have a hell of a time. Besides that, we also have our review of Dissidia Final Fantasy NT, which I gave about a 75 out of 100. Uh, deservedly so. I felt that was fair. I went into uh, a lot of stuff about the game that I felt could have been a lot better, uh, especially when compared to the previous Dissidia games that were on the PSP. Uh, me and Gary, before we started recording the show, we're talking a little bit about it. And one of the things I was surprised about was that there's not a lot more Final Fantasy 15 love in this game. We have knocked this as a playable character. However, there is no stage based on Final Fantasy 15, which I thought was surprising because every single game that's represented in here, with the exception of Final Fantasy Tactics and Final Fantasy Type-0, has a stage. So all the numbered Final Fantasy games from 1 to 14 have a stage that's themed after them. But Final Fantasy 15 got left out of there. So that either tells me, one, they completely left it out, uh, you know, and just decided to move on, or there's going to be DLC with maybe possibly a new stage, maybe possibly new characters. But nothing's confirmed right now. I'm trying to get in contact with Square Enix reps to see if maybe I could have them on a podcast interview to actually talk about that with them and talk about the game in, in general. So stay tuned for that. Uh, as well as also, I've been playing some more Dragon Ball Fighters. Again, if you haven't read our review, of Dragon Ball Fighters, it's on the website right now. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I'm happy to announce that I'm actually going to be talking with Bandai Namco. I'm probably going to be talking to one of the community managers over there about Dragon Ball Fighters, which will get in depth a little bit about the reception of the game, some of the stuff that's turned out with it. So, talk a little bit about our review. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, there's a lot of great content you guys are definitely going to be looking forward to. You guys are going to get a real kick out of once it goes live throughout the rest of the week. So, that's what I've been up to. I've been a busy bug. Uh, between all that, I've been writing the guide on IGN for the city of Final Fantasy uh, NT, as well as also just playing games, you know, casually. I, we still have a review of uh, Lost Sphere that's coming very, very soon. We just want to take a little bit more time to play through that game before we post up our, our review. So that's what I've been up to. Sounds good. Yeah, definitely a lot of stuff going on. So I totally understand that. Um, Gary, how about you let us know what you've been playing? I haven't been able to play much, so just Overwatch. 
Um, and this week they actually nerfed Mercy, which is like, you know, my main character that I play in competitive. Um, and it, it definitely hurt because um, she can't get off her resurrect as easy as she used to. And her ultimate is 15 seconds um, like less than it was before. So like it only actually lasts 15 seconds now. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a heavy nerf to the character, but I'm still playing her and I'm still loving it. Um, I did try to play Hunt because, you know, they have an alpha that I was invited to. Um, I'm allowed to talk about it as well, but unfortunately, I wasn't actually able to get into a game. So um, look out for more, you know, information on that, you know, once I am able to get into a match. Uh, I am looking forward to to seeing how that game has progressed because it was one of the standout games that I saw at E3 last year. So I'm definitely looking forward to playing that game some more and, you know, just um, really getting into it and seeing what it's about. Um, and besides that, yeah, I haven't managed to pick up any of the new games. I'm really just trying to, you know, sort out my life and stuff so that, you know, then I can get back to focusing on playing all the latest games and everything but at the moment it's a bit tough so i'm just trying to you know stay focused on life goals and then eventually i'll get to that place where i can enjoy all these new games that are coming out because there's a few things that i need to to play that, that have come out in the recent weeks like you know dragon ball fighters um and monster hunter and dissidia like those are three games i really want so yeah um hopefully soon i'll i'll, I'll be able to enjoy those games with everyone else. But that's about it. Sounds good. Uh, and just to echo those sentiments, I also have had a very, very busy week. A lot of life stuff as well. Had a job interview this week so that I had to prepare for. So that obviously took up a lot of my time. However, there are a few things that I did play, so I'll speak on that briefly. Um, I played more of Crossing Souls. Uh, I've already spoken about this game twice on uh, this particular podcast. Uh, it's a great, great game. You know, at the last time that I had played it, I had only played through the uh, preview build, but now I'm actually reviewing the game. Uh, the review will be up uh, February 13th. So uh, I just want to say, though, this game definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, if you've ever grown up in the 80s or you know about uh, a lot of the certain things that were popular in the 80s, then I think that you'll love this game because it, it has a lot of that in it. Um, and just the overall concept, like I said before, it reminds me very much of Stranger Things in terms of the narrative. However, I was very surprised with uh, what they did with the story uh, once I've gotten a little bit deeper into it because it does take a turn that I wasn't expecting. But overall, uh, the game is fantastic. You know, I would have to say... Um, so far, this is one of the best indie games I've played so far this year. Again, this is very early. We're very early into the year. And there's a, a couple other games I need to play before I can say it truly is the best of the best. But this definitely has to be on the list for consideration. So look for my review uh, on the game. Once again, February 13th. So we still have got about a week away from that. But uh, I could definitely tell you if um, you've seen video streams online, you have a good idea what this game is all about. Uh, and if it looks great to you, I, I promise to you, you'll play that game and you'll be surprised by just how great it actually is because I haven't really seen too much that was shown. Pretty much what was shown in the preview build is just a taste, but I'm telling you, it gets so much better past that. So uh, look for my review once again, uh, February 13th. Um, also, another game that you know, you've probably already seen coverage out there for is uh, Shadow of the Colossus, the remake on PlayStation 4. Um, I still do have a review coming for that, uh, aiming for tomorrow. So make sure you check out the website for that. But basically, you've already seen the general consensus. A lot of people said this is definitely one of the best remasters made uh, so far this generation. I would agree with that. You know, um, the game exceeded my expectations. And, you know, I went into the game having not played the original. I've seen the original. I had friends that I was, I had a chance to see them play it, but I didn't get a chance to play it myself. So coming into this experience, you know, I definitely have to, you know, give my hats off to Sony. They did an excellent job with this remaster. It looks fantastic. You know, obviously, if you have a PlayStation 4 Pro, 
it looks even better in 4K and with the HDR uh, support. But the game still looks fantastic, even if you have a regular PS4 and a regular TV that outputs 1080p. So um, if you played the original game, um, you have a good idea what to expect. There are a couple of changes in there. I'm not going to really go into any detail about any of that stuff, but I'll just say um, the game is fantastic. Uh, it's only $40. So if you are looking for a game to play uh, next week when it comes, because it comes out on Tuesday, you definitely should make it a point to try that out. Um, but yeah, awesome game. Stay tuned for my coverage. You know, do apologize. I didn't have a review sooner, but as I already mentioned, you know, job this week I had to prepare for, so I had to make sure I focused on that. But the review is coming soon, so stay tuned for that. Um, two other quick things to mention. I have been playing this game from a fun punch games called Striker's Edge. It's pretty much like a medieval stylized game, but it's a dodgeball game. Um, I had a chance to play a lot of that yesterday, and it's it's a pretty interesting game. I like the concept of them making it like a medieval stylized game, but it is yeah pretty much a dodgeball game where you have to hit your enemy, so on and so forth. Um, so I'll have some more thoughts on the game. Uh, obviously, you know, it does have a, a campaign. It does have an online multiplayer and local multiplayer. Um, I've spent a couple of hours in pretty much all of those modes. So I have more to say on the game this week on the website. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for like a, a nice little fun party game to play with somebody, this this is a pretty good game from what I've played so far. doesn't have any issues. Um, it's But it, it is a fun game. But yes, it is it is challenging. I will say that much. And, you know, if you play people online that are really good at this game, then you may have a couple of issues. You know, it does require you getting better over time. But for what I played so far, it's a fun game. So uh, stay tuned for my thoughts on that. And last but certainly not least, I have been playing one game. Uh, I can't really talk too much about it at the moment. It is a game that's coming out uh, this month, later this month. So I'll be able to say more about it, I think, on next week's show. But um, I'll just say uh, it's, it's a series that a lot of people know and they're familiar with it as they normally think that the games are always the same and pretty much they are the same. But the work that has been done on this uh, latest entry so far, it, it definitely is an improvement over what was what we've what we've seen in the past. So obviously, I can't really say too much about it. I'll just say, you know, I'll talk about that more on next week's show because I've only played a couple of hours of it. I have to spend a lot more time with it before I give uh, more thoughts. But um, stay tuned for that next week. Just want to leave that little teaser there. But uh, that concludes uh, what we've been playing for this week. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the topics. Uh, so first and foremost, um, there is uh, one bit of news that I guess we should address. It is a rumor. I mean, I don't think we'll have too much to say on this topic. But obviously, there was some news that came out this week, a rumor suggesting that Microsoft uh, they had plans to buy EA, Valve, or PUBG. Um, now, obviously, said that rumor has since been debunked, but we wanted to have a general discussion about uh, pretty much, you know, are any of those real possibilities to begin with? And basically, uh, what, 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 what are our initial thoughts on if they were to buy either one of them? So I just want to say one thing really quick about this topic before I hand it over to Mr. Lugo and Gary. Um, of the three mentioned, you know, EA, Valve, and PUBG, I, I definitely think PUBG is probably the best uh, one that I could see happening, only because that is currently on the Xbox One. Uh, it's on PC as well. So if they wanted to try and purchase that company to lock up the rights so that the game never comes to PlayStation, that is a viable option. I could see that happening. Uh, with EA, uh, I don't think so because EA is a company that they love making money. And I think a lot of their games, they want to get it on as many platforms as possible. So I did, I would never see them doing any deals with Microsoft um, just to have something exclusive. Now, if you could make the argument that maybe there's some IPs that they could try and put that specifically on Xbox, possibility. But I, I still think, you know, EA, they all, they're all about that money, man. I think they don't really care too much about having anything exclusive to Xbox at this point. 
Um, and I think Microsoft had opportunities in the past to purchase certain IPs such as Mass Effect, but they decided not to. So um, I don't think they're going to go that route. But again, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, Gary, uh, what, what do you think about this particular uh, rumor that we heard this week? Yeah, so, you know, I understand that it's just a rumor, but I like to, you know, entertain these rumors sometimes when it's as um, massive, like as huge as this rumor was. Um, it's a very game-changing thing, you know, for, for Microsoft to buy any, well, two of those companies would be a game-changer. Um, as for PUBG, let me go with PUBG first. So I look at PUBG as a wave. And, you know, once that wave passes, it's, you know, it's like not many people are going to be, not as many people are going to be paying attention to PUBG anymore. And we're already seeing a lot of games adopt the Battle Royale style. Um, I think, uh, what was, what's that game? Um, the zombie game. Oh, man. Drawing a blank. But there, there's uh, one of those games. Decay? Is that what you meant? Uh, not that one. It's Fort, uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah. No, not that one either. There's another one I'm thinking of that's been out for a few years, and they're they're adding like a battle royale mode to it or something. Daisy uh, or da yeah, I think it's Daisy, right? Thought I'm mistaken. Something like that, yeah. No, it's it's made by uh, you know, Dead Island or whatever it's called. It's made by those guys. Um, Deep Silver. You talking about made by Deep Silver? Yeah, I think it was or like Malaysia. one of those one of those games from the past. Came out like two or three years ago, but yeah, there's there's a, basically there's a lot of games that are adding battle royale modes, and it's going to keep happening. And as it happens more and more, less attention is going to be paid to PUBG. Uh, so I, I think buying them now, it would be good for the short term, but I don't think it's going to be comparable to Microsoft buying Minecraft, for example, where you know, Minecraft has managed to maintain a steady, you know, uh, core base of players over the years. I don't think it's going to be the same with PUBG. Uh, I do think people will still play it, but, you know, it's not, I don't think it, the numbers are going to stay that bit, that huge, you know, because there was a point where millions of people were playing PUBG consistently. Uh, I don't think they're going to maintain that for long with all these other games adding their own version of uh the battle royale you know play style so i'm not sure that's um such a it's a good move in the short term because you know it, then the game won't come out on playstation and if it does come out on playstation it's probably going to have another boost of popularity again um you know for for a longer period but after that you know i think eventually you know um it's going to trail off as well but for the short term it would be good for them to buy pubg but in the long term, I don't think it would be a great purchase unless, you know, they plan on maybe making another PUBG, PUBG 2 or something like that. But um, that game doesn't really need a, a part two, you know, because it's just this the concept is so simple. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that's the best idea. Now, as for the other two rumored companies that they want to buy. So EA, I, I don't think it would ever be possible for Microsoft to buy all of EA because you know they are uh, they are like a public company they're publicly traded and stuff so it's a bit more complicated than you know just outright buying them like that I think a lot more goes into it um, they could possibly buy some EA properties if they wanted to you know I'm sure that's possible um, and you know a lot of people say that Microsoft missed the mark you know they they, they could have bought Bioware before EA did. And that's true. That's very true. They definitely should have done that. But to buy EA just to acquire, you know, all that is a bit is going a bit too far. Um, obviously, EA has a lot of great pop properties that are going to be good. But the question is whether Microsoft is equipped to handle all of those IPs because they're going to need to assign studios to develop all these IPs. Now, think about what. EA has. They have sports franchises. They've got um, they've got car games, Need for Speed, and everything like that. They've got uh, they've got all these different divisions. Uh, they got Battlefront, uh, Battlefield. 
you know, Bioware, Dragon Age and stuff like that, Mass Effect. Like, there's all these major IPs associated with EA. So for Microsoft to be able to... Um, to be able to handle all of that, they're going to need to hire a lot of studios and employ a lot of studios so that they can pump out these games on, you know, the same kind of rate and speed that EA used to. And I don't see Microsoft being equipped to do that, to be honest. Like, EA, this is what they're all about. They're a publisher. So they're used to pumping out games, you know, all throughout the year, every year. Microsoft, they've been kind of doing it at a much slower pace. Um, so, and, and their division is so small, you know, like, um, when you compare it to EA, the, the actual game manufacturer publishers, um, studio is a lot slower right now. So they would have to, you know, make some major corporation changes, I think, to accommodate buying EA. So that's why I don't think it's that logistically possible. As for Valve, that would be... That would definitely be the most smart thing they can do. But Valve is in a powerful position where I don't even think they need to let, you know, anyone buy them. Like, if anything, I would see Valve making some purchases because they're in a very powerful position because uh, they have a lot of my uh, Windows users, you know, like they, in terms of gaming, they hold that title for being, you know, the, the, the go-to service to buy games on on Microsoft Windows, you know, and Microsoft hates that. Like, they, that's why they've been in competition with Valve for years now. Uh, they hate that there's this, you know, other service, this other gaming service that's got all their users that they want, you know. Microsoft wants that user base. Um, they want people to be locked into Microsoft and have to buy all these games from their, you know, store and ecosystem basically they want xbox to be that number one brand on pc kind of thing you know and that's that's why they want to buy valve but i don't think they're gonna do it like i think valve is gonna play hardball till the end so the best thing microsoft can do is really like just try to compete with valve if they can get on a level where they can just compete with them that's good enough. And the the key to doing that is Game Pass and, you know, just make the uh, the Windows Store more user-friendly as well. If they can do those two things, they could possibly compete with Valve and not right away, but like in a few years' time, you know, they'll be able to probably compete with Valve a little bit because PC gamers will buy Game Pass if, you, if you're putting out Halo and Forza and all these Microsoft exclusives, you know, if they announce some new exclusives and everything, Alan Wake 2 or something, maybe, you know, people are going to be interested in buying Game Pass on PC. So that's the way they, they, they have to maneuver to try and compete with Valve. But in terms of buying them, uh, I think Gabe Newell is too petty for that. Like, I don't think he's going to entertain Microsoft buying the company at all. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on, on that. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Alloway too. Um, I, I I wanted to see that game for so long, but I don't. I mean, I don't know what's going on with that, and I know that'll probably be on everything, PlayStation and the and Xbox. But I, I don't really know what the deal is with that whole franchise at this point. We'll have to see. Um, Mr. Lugo, do you have any thoughts on this particular news? Not not as extensive as uh, as Gary. I'll be a lot more shorter. I just don't think there's a lot of information out there that everybody knows at this point to really kind of make that you know rumor substantial. I could realistically see PUBG being acquired by Microsoft and then it becoming a Microsoft exclusive on Xbox One and on a PC like that. However, when it comes to like EA and Valve, I, I just don't think that's possible at the moment. I don't think that there's enough uh, info out there, let alone any conversations that we know of that have happened between the companies. Why would EA sell itself over to Microsoft or why would they allow them to be acquired like that? They have a lot of big licenses. They have a lot of big IPs at the current moment. They're, they're Even though there's been some missteps here and there and we might criticize them for a lot of the stuff that's happened now, especially with Star Wars Battlefront 2, but I don't think they're in danger of being bought out like that. That's like if saying, 
if Sony was going to buy, uh, uh, what was it? I'm trying, I'm trying to think of just some random third party. Like I, I could realistically find like a third party, uh, publisher like Capcom or Sega being acquired before I would see, uh, was it EA being acquired like that? It's like also saying like Sony's going to acquire Activision. That that's a good example. Like it, to me, I just don't see something like that. It's just, that's weird to me. Uh, and the same thing also goes for Valve. I don't think like they're in danger of putting themselves up to be bought out like that. What can they really gain? Same thing with EA. What can they really gain from them being bought out by Microsoft at the current moment, let alone anything else if the need to, to be bought out like that? So I just think it's substantial at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, and, and honestly, um, like I said, uh, they do. They do have a lot of franchises that uh, have been dormant for a while. That you know, you wonder if EA is ever going to do anything with those franchises. But uh, I, you know, honestly, I think if even if they were to try and buy some of those franchises, um, I, I think they would be less successful now than when Peter Moore was actually there. Because at least when Peter Moore was there, you know, knowing his history with Microsoft then I could see them maybe working closer together on actually trying to get something exclusive to Xbox. But now I just don't know. Uh, and I, and again, cause EA, there's a lot, like I said, they want to make sure they cater to as many audiences as possible. We already know that the battle you know, in, in terms of star Wars battlefront two, that did, that still didn't quite reach the uh, sales numbers that they wanted it to reach. And that is right there. A reflection of my thoughts of, uh, to confirm that yes, this company is only concerned about money. So, I don't think they're going to go to Microsoft exclusive and just say, yeah, we'll just put stuff out on Microsoft when they can put stuff out on Switch and PlayStation also, as well as PC. Um, so we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, just some rumors. So anything else you want to say on this topic, Gary, before we move on? Or, 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 or are, you, are you good? No, I'm good. Okay, cool. So... uh. Moving on to the Nintendo Switch, um, we received some information this week that uh, Nintendo Switch's paid service will finally be launching this September. So, um, Mr. Lugo, uh, I I'm curious to know if you have any thoughts on this. I know you've been following Nintendo a lot more closely than the rest of us, so feel free to, to share your thoughts. Yeah, sure. I mean, the main thing that we know at this point with all this information, which, by the way, was put out there on a very, very hush-hush. They weren't really kind of like really publicizing it too, too much. It wasn't like revealed in a Nintendo Direct or even a Micro Direct. But basically for the year for the Nintendo Switch online service, you're going to pay $20 for the 12 months. They do have the $4 one month and the $8 three month uh, subscription fees, but like nobody's really going to pay for that. If you're going to be getting all in on, on these online servers for the Nintendo Switch, you're going to get the $20 version because you're going to want it for 12 months, very similar to PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live. Now, with that being said, though, we really don't know much of anything else on top of that. I mean, there's still the, the whole issue about those classic games that are going to have the additional online functionality, which are basically NES and possibly Super NES uh, classic titles that you'll get every single month. But again, we don't know about... Uh, anything involving if they're going to be able to keep those titles once you download them, if you're going to, uh, was it, they're going to rotate every single month and you'll have to actually play the previous game, uh, different games rather than hold on to the previous games, kind of like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold. Personally, for me, I wish that was the case, but this is Nintendo who we're talking about who's kind of anal about every single thing. So I could totally see them making it so that way everybody has to flip over and has to change their games that they get. You're not going to be able to keep those games. You're going to have to purchase them later on. Uh, as far as anything else is concerned, I mean, that's all we have to go on. There's not really much to really kind of touch on with the Nintendo online service. We only, we do know, however, that it is going into effect this September. So you might as well enjoy your games online with Splatoon 2, Ultra Street Fighter 2. I believe also Bomberman is online, if I'm not mistaken, as well as also any other games that are coming out within the next couple of months, including that new SNK Heroines game that's going to be dropping on Nintendo Switch and anything else. Uh for the online play, because at that point, once once September rolls around, you're going to have to start paying for the online service. There's going to be people that dive into this, and I think you know there's there's going to be a, enough people that do so, especially if you're into Mario Kart or if you're into Splatoon 2. But uh, other than that, I mean, there is no real kind of definitive reason to do that at this current point in time, or at least there's nothing that's really going to make this a big deal at this current point, other than those games. Very good points. Uh, I like to ask a very quick question. So, do you think it's safe to say that 
Nintendo will definitely launch a game in September, say a uh, Smash Brothers game uh, around this time to get people. That'll get everybody talking. I think that will be a reason for even more people to jump in on it because really the people that are going to be on this online service are people that one own a switch and two that are diehard Nintendo fans. And they already own a switch at this point. Now let's be real. If they do reveal uh, a new Smash Brothers iteration, which is basically Smash Brothers for Wii U, but port it over to the to the Nintendo Switch. That would be reason enough to get everybody talking, which is what everybody's wanted for the longest time. And I think that Nintendo knows that uh, it would make a lot of sense to do so. And that would be a good way to kind of you know pair up the announcement that this is going into effect with something that's awesome to give you a reason to do this. Now, do I believe they need to give something more on top of that besides the game? Uh, I think that they need to be a little bit more transparent and a little bit more clear about all this stuff involving those extra free games, as well as other stuff involving the online service. Remember, this is still the same service where you're going to have to get a separate app to talk online through your mobile phone in order to do voice chat with the Nintendo Switch, whatever game that you play. That includes the Splatoon 2 app that's going to be on mobile that they talked briefly about. But again, we'll probably know some more details as we get more towards E3, which I feel like E3 and any other like direct around that time frame might be the best place to do so or might be the most realistic to expect some more information about this stuff. Very good points. Yep, I agree pretty much with everything you said. Uh, Gary, do you have any thoughts on this particular uh, news? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know much about it, but... The one thing I was thinking when I, you know, heard the news and everything is I, I think it's harder to introduce a subscription service like over a year after the console already released, like because people aren't used to paying now. So it's like you have to really convince them. You have to try hard to convince them, you know, to why they should subscribe all of a sudden, you know, um, but hey, I mean, if they offer people enough of what they want, then that's cool. You know, um, I know Nintendo fans are really loyal and everything, and they're very passionate about, you know, the different Nintendo games and stuff. So I'm sure, you know, there will be people who do subscribe regardless. But yeah, introducing it, you know, over a year later, that's uh, what raises a, a, a red flag for me personally. But yeah. I have to add... I just noticed something. I was doing a little bit more reading about it, and I we have to add this as well. Voice chat is also going to be behind a paywall with the Splatoon 2 app, which kind of sucks when you think about it. But again, hopefully around this time frame, you know, as we get closer to E3 or a little bit after that or around that, we'll get some more information. I think, though, to Gary's point, however, I think that if they would have introduced that a lot earlier, it probably would have worked to the disadvantage of the Nintendo Switch because I feel like they were trying to focus on other stuff to get people to buy the console at the time. And I feel like, again, these same questions that we're asking now, they would have been more so spotlighted besides what we got from that Nintendo Switch event that was in Japan. Because that was the same thing that myself and I think a couple of us and some other people had said at the same time. You know, what's really the point of jumping into that online service? What's the value? And I feel like they were smart enough to get away from that and delaying it. Because remember, this was supposed to happen last fall. They delayed it until this year, which is, again, now happening in this fall for this year. But... I think it was smart of them to do that, get the games out there, get people talking about it, get the console in everybody's hands, then start moving into this other stuff. I also want to add, too, a good supplemental thought. Don't expect a lot of those classic games with the online multiplayer functionality to be all that special. I feel like you're going to get that Super Mario Brothers Arcade. Maybe you'll get, uh, what is it, uh, Mario Kart SNES, you know, with online capabilities, maybe. And possibly maybe a few other games here and there, like F-Zero or something. That'll be interesting. But don't expect them to be like, you know, real big deals. I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree once again. Uh, one thing I did want to add also to what you said, uh, in terms of them releasing this service later, uh, I agree with that. But I also know that a lot of people have, have had jokes about uh, worrying about the online service actually working and being able to function. So I, I appreciate them taking more time to make sure that this thing is going to function properly uh, before they just drop it. Cause you know, a lot of people will be very critical of that. Um, so I think it could definitely work to their advantage. You know, um, honestly, I'm very curious to see whatever the game is that they launch uh, because they're definitely gonna be launching stuff in the fall that will make use of this service. So I'm very curious to see what that is. But uh, overall, 
yeah, we definitely got to learn more about it. So I definitely expect Nintendo to provide more details, obviously around E3 time, but even before then, maybe they'll we'll have we'll get more information uh, here or there. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, any final thoughts on this particular topic before we move on to the next one? No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm you good, good, Gary? All right, cool. All right. Okay, the next uh, topic. This, in my personal opinion, well, uh, aside from the main topic, which we'll get into in a little in a little while, I thought that this was possibly one of the biggest news stories uh, this week, and that is that we finally got confirmation from Rockstar Games that Red Dead Redemption 2 will be launching on October 26th. Uh, initially, the game was supposed to launch fall 2017, then it was delayed till spring 2018. So now they have confirmed, yes, for sure, for sure, it is launching October 26th later this year. So I wanted to get you guys' initial thoughts on this news um, and whether or not you think uh, any, other, any other companies that are releasing games around this time should be concerned. Uh, so, Gary, how about you go first and let me know your thoughts on this particular topic. Yeah, I think games releasing around that time should definitely be concerned because this is no doubt going to be a juggernaut, you know, of a game when it when it releases. Uh, I think we kind of knew it wasn't going to make, you know, the spring mark or, you know, quarter, quarter one, quarter two. It seemed very unlikely, especially, you know, we haven't. Uh, we've seen a few like teaser trailers and stuff, but we really haven't seen any extensive gameplay or anything as of yet. So that told me that it was probably still a little far out. Um, at least it's still making 2018, so that's the most important thing. And, I mean, we don't know what else is coming towards the end of the year, but at least we would have had some of the major games out of the way, like God of War and uh, Nino Kuni and, you know, stuff like that. At least we'll we'll get those out of our system before, you know, we do get to Red Dead Redemption. So, yeah, um, I think that's a good date. It's a, it's a solid release date. But, yeah, um, any other game releasing around that time should definitely be worried, particularly Call of Duty, you know, because um, I know that, that they usually release around that time, you know, early November, late October kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure they'll be fine, you know, because, yeah, Call of Duty is Call of Duty, but Rockstar is also Rockstar. And, you know, we, we know that they're... The king, they're, they're sort of like, you know, the most revered company, you know, studio in the, in the gaming industry. Um, they're like the Michael Jackson of gaming, you know, like people just, lo they, they love and respect Rockstar. And anything they put out is going to be good quality. It's going to be fun, you know, and people are just going to get sucked into it. So, well, well, hold on a second. I just want to make a comment right there real quick. You said the Michael Jackson. Now, Michael Jackson has some controversial stuff too in his uh, history, so I don't know if he is the best uh, example. Oh, Rockstar but, uh, have too; they've had a lot of controversy. <laughs> okay, yeah, v valid points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I think it's great that we finally got a, re a solid release date, though. You know, at least we have that, and now I fully expect to see, you know, like a full-blown gameplay demo sort of feature at at you know. Probably E3, to be honest, um, or if not, maybe they'll even do their own thing, like a live stream or something. But um, I do think we we have that to look forward to before October at some point. Good points. All right, uh, Mr. Lugo, what, what do you think about this news? Well, I'm not going to be as hyperbolic as, as Gary and Cole, Rockstar, the Michael Jackson, the games industry. And if anything, I can make a strong case that that would actually probably belong to Nintendo, just on sheer uh, longevity. Concern now. I get his point though. I, I think it's true and it's kind of funny. But to nah, be honest with prints. you, I, oh well, I don't know about no print. Eh, I don't know. Miyamoto can be a little floaty at times, but eh, I get I get your point. But regardless, though, of the music parallels, okay. Uh, this just tells everybody to get the hell out the way. I, I think that you know that is cause for concern for people that had plans on releasing games in October or at least around that time frame. If I was a studio, I would even try to get out of October maybe go beforehand, maybe even afterwards, because 
uh, again, a lot of people are going to dive into Red Dead Redemption. You know, people do that with all of Rockstar's games between Red Dead, between Grand Theft Auto. It's just an event every time these games comes out. And everybody, both in and out of the industry, you know, critically wants to play these games for one reason or another. So I don't think it's going to stop everybody from releasing games that month. I don't think that's the case. I think that a lot of the maybe smaller third-party publishers or people or companies that are releasing games that aren't as uh, you know close to being as big as that or at least as big as some of the other big AAA games that are in the industry may want to move their games away or some of them may stay there because the audiences are completely different. You know, especially if you're going to be releasing a game that isn't full retail price like that. Uh, I don't think you go day for day. I don't think you release a game on the same day, but even going at the beginning of October or even moving to before October or after October, you know, at the towards like November timeframe towards that real uh, tail end of the fourth quarter like that might be a better, smarter idea for them. Uh, but again, this is going to be the same type of mentality for a lot of other big AAA games that are going to be coming around, coming out around that time frame. That includes uh, anything that Nintendo might drop. That includes Call of Duty, because we know Call of Duty comes out in November. Uh, that can include any other big surprises we get at E3 from like Microsoft or Sony. I mean, there, there's still games that we don't know their time frame of when they might be coming out that are from both companies like that. So. Who knows? Well, once we get into E3 time, I feel like a lot of this stuff and like a better idea of what's going to be going on towards the third and fourth quarter of the year, we'll have a better idea about. Absolutely. Um, I yeah, I, I do agree. Yes, anytime Rockstar releases releases a game, it's a major event. Um, uh, with that said, though, uh, you know it, it definitely is going to impact some games. Uh, I personally don't think it's going to impact Call of Duty at all because Call of Duty, we already know, we saw the sales last year with that last Call of Duty game, uh, and I heard that. Uh, well, the rumbling is that uh, that there is go that the next Call of Duty game might be Black Ops Four, and we know Black Ops is pretty popular for Call of Duty games, so um, I think it, it's going to impact a lot of other games. But Call of Duty will come out a week later, and a lot of people will still pick that up. However, a Red Dead Redemption 2 is, without a doubt, that's the game I'm looking forward to most this fall. I don't really know where any of these other games are going to be coming out. You know, we got uh, Days Gone. We have um, Detroit Become Human. That's supposed to be coming out in the spring. But uh, a lot of stuff that we don't have release dates for, including Spider-Man. So um, I'll be very curious to see how this news changes any of those other release dates. But overall, um, yeah, I'm glad that they announced the game and they announced the release date because uh, I know some people were concerned that, uh, you know, when they kept when there wasn't no news, when they heard spring 2018, but there was no other information beyond that. So I'm glad that, you know, Rockstar should take as much time as they need to polish the game uh, and make it fantastic. So we'll see. But uh, any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to. Uh, our uh, main topic just for today. Um, like, what do you think? Do you think the online mode is going to have staying power like GTA Online has? Hmm. That's a good question. So here's what I think. Um, first and foremost, I know when they released Grand Theft Auto V, uh, it did not launch with the online mode. I think that came a week later because they wanted to make sure that that was right. I, I think in the case of this, I also don't think online is going to launch at the very beginning. You know, I could be wrong, and Rockstar decides to have the online ready at the same time, but I think they're just going to focus on getting the actual single-player story content done and out there, and then they'll release the online at a later time. With that said, do I believe it has staying power? I, I think it, it definitely has the possibility of having it, we already know that they do a good job supporting uh, their games in, in terms of the online multiplayer experience. Uh, I know that they recently had the ability for you to get a revolver that you can also use in Red Dead Redemption 2. They had that available in uh, Grand Theft Auto V uh, recently. So um, they may try to integrate both of those games once again even further, and that will also convince people who are playing Grand Theft Auto uh, online right now to consider picking up Red Dead Redemption 2's online as well. So I think depending on how they handle it, it definitely, definitely can have staying power like Grand Theft Auto. But again, I don't really know what all they have planned for that because we don't really know too much more about the game. 
Like, obviously, you know, they had the card games and stuff that you can do. And, of course, the showdowns. I, that's what I re- remember from the first Red Dead. Didn't so, they have online with the first Red Dead Redemption, if I remember correctly? And then that obviously led it to GTA V's online uh, stuff. Because I remember that was a big deal when that came out. And I think that, especially with Grand Theft Auto V or Grand Theft Auto Online, the way that it's turned out, I don't see why not, why they wouldn't do that. I, I'm with you, though, with it not being available at launch. I think that's totally within the realm of possibility because I think that worked for them last time because with that period of time, everybody played the single player and then they did whatever they needed to do in order to get that online uh, connectivity stable and then it was a huge success and then it continued to be a success over all this period of time. So I could totally see that happening with Red Dead too. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It's it's, it's definitely uh, definitely possible. Um, I don't I don't I don't remember if uh, the first game had online. I probably should go yeah, back and check that. Oh, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, because I remember yeah, the, people the, making content about it on YouTube. Hmm. Well, see, <laughs> the original the original. Um, I forgot what the the very first game was called. Red Dead. That was Red on Dead PS2. Revolver. Red Dead yeah. Revolver. Yeah, that didn't have it, but Red Dead Redemption had it on PS3 and the Xbox. Okay, see, I, I totally, I totally forgot about that. Um, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, to answer the question, I, I do believe it has staying power. I mean, it all depends on how Rockstar supports the game, and based off of what they've been doing for GTA Online, I'm, I'm very confident to say that this will also have staying power if they approach it the same way. Uh, I, what I what I'm only trying to figure out is what are things that they're going to do outside of you know you can play the card games with friends and you can have the showdowns with friends uh, and of course the posse stuff. So you know maybe you can do like uh, I mean I don't really know what they would do, but uh, yeah we'll we'll have to see. But I, I'm fa- fairly confident that it, it will have staying power because they 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 have to be very um, feel very very good about what they've accomplished with GTA Online and. I'm pretty sure they are planning to bring a lot of those ideas over to uh, whatever they do for Red Dead. They should uh, put a battle royale mode in it, and then it will really blow up. <laughs> hey, you know it, that, that's possible. I mean, I guess that is possible. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Maybe they have considered that. I don't know, but yeah, that it will it would blow up with that, considering the. The popularity of PUBG and all this other these other games now, but we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> so, uh, any other thoughts before we move on to uh, our uh, next topic? No, I'm good. Okay, so <laughs> okay, now this particular topic, and this I believe is the main topic for today. Obviously, uh, we received news uh, earlier this week that uh, Sony CEO Kaz Harai is stepping down. Uh, I did saw we had someone in the chat. They wanted to clarify what what was said to say that he is not leaving Sony, but I don't really know uh, all of the details concerning this. All I know is that he's stepping down, stepping aside, and that they're going to have uh, well, they're going to have uh, another Yoshida. person. Yo, oh, so Yoshida? Okay, yeah. So Yoshida's yeah. taking over the role of CFO, I guess. Kenichiro Yoshida. Okay. All right, not so, Shuhei, not Shuhei. Let's make that clear. It's not yeah, Shuhei. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not him. Not him. Okay, so obviously, um, I guess you pose a question, Gary, of how is this going to impact PlayStation moving forward or Sony in general? Um, how about you share your thoughts first, and then I'm going to let Mr. Lugo share his thoughts. Yeah, so um, the the guy that you know said um, that he's, he's not stepping down, um, he is kind of right like he's he's going into a new position like he's um he's becoming the chairman instead of the the ceo and i think in this case because because kaz harai specifically stated that he's worn down and that's the reason why he you know proposed this change so uh in this case i think like the chairman actually is less active than you know the ceo like the ceo is the one that's doing all the running around and, you know, running the company and stuff, whereas the chairman will take more of a, a background kind of role, uh, unless you're Vince McMahon. But, yeah, um, I think in this case, the chairman would take more of a background role kind of thing. And that's why he's he wants it, because he's 
been working for so long and he feels worn down so uh that you know just to clarify that so um yeah he's basically changing his title you know he's going to be the chairman instead of the ceo but this is still going to have a huge impact on the company now yoshida has kind of been his right hand man while he's been the ceo um they've done you know they've made a lot of important decisions together and um the the cell phone business in that you know for sony has been kind of suffering as of late and yoshida has actually made the suggestions that they scale back on you know the phone uh division of sony so now that he's becoming the ceo that that might be something that we begin to see and you know as a result who knows what they're going to do with you know um the money that they then retain you know maybe they're gonna aim to uh distribute that money more towards playstation and you know uh the entertainment side of things there's also been a lot of rumors uh that have surfaced this week about sony wanting to sell off some of its ips so you know um that could come into major consideration now as well um a lot of people are saying disney you know might buy all those ips and stuff like that and that's both it's both scary and interesting you know like i would like marvel to have spider-man again you know the movie rights and everything fully um, but it's also scary because, like, that gives Disney too much power in the entertainment industry. Um, but, yeah, Sony, like, they do bleed a lot of money, though. So it is a problem that they need to address and make sure that things are kind of um, sustainable in the long term. And, uh, like, PlayStation has been doing well over the past few years. But there was a report that said that sales have began to kind of slow down a little bit even though they're still doing well you know i'm not saying they're not doing well anymore um they're still doing well they're still selling it's just that it's slowed down now this is this might actually just be because everybody has a ps4 at this point like who hasn't got one who's a gamer like everyone's got a ps4 so that might be why it's slowing down but um obviously you know all of these things are going to come into consideration um, so I do think moving forward, we will see some changes to how the company is run and how it's handled and the distribution of funds and, you know, the budgeting and everything. I think there's going to be a lot of changes there um, over the coming years for Sony. Um, but we like whether it's going to impact anything major on the PlayStation side, it might take a while for us to really see those changes, you know, actually happen. Um, and what was the, I had another point I was going to say, but I, I, now I can't, I kind of forgot, but yeah, um, that's pretty much all I have to say until I remember what I was going to say. So go okay. ahead. Okay. Uh, that's totally fine. Uh, Mr. Lugo, what are your thoughts on this particular news? I really don't have much to contribute compared to what uh, Gary had said. I, I'm pretty much in agreement with it. I don't think, however, it's worrisome to me that if some of the film IPs go over to other companies like Disney, again, for like Spider-Man or, or any of the other uh, IPs that they have over there, that would include like the Venom movie and stuff, the whole Spider-Verse thing, uh, which is what's supposed to be ramping up now with with, uh, with Sony Pictures and stuff. I'm also curious to know if all these kind of like shifts around would affect Sony Music because I think that's a whole other aspect to, to all that stuff but in addition to that again i don't think as far as gaming a lot is going to really change i don't think that it, there's going to be a lot of shakeup with a, some of these kind of like shifts around in uh was it some of the different positions between kazarai uh, and remember andrew house was stepping down or he's just stepped down not too long ago etc i mean we still got people like sean Layden over there we got we got a whole bunch of other people over there that are still taking the reins and, and kind of like you know doing a lot of work with the playstation brand or just sony in general so i don't think it's going to have a huge 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 impact but it is noteworthy maybe down the line years from now this will probably be like you know the first uh startings of other stuff that probably come into effect later on but i don't think it's anything to cause like panic or even to cause like a huge amount of excitement yeah that, that's actually what i was going to bring up andrew house also left you know a few months ago so um, Andrew House, obviously, he's uh, probably more involved on a day-to-day -day basis with the decision-making. and. He's legacy PlayStation, straight up. Yeah, exactly. 
so with him gone that you know that was uh going to be the major change that you know happened um but Kaz Harai step like changing role or whatever um we we probably won't see many changes until the very long term after you know cuz they they have like the way corporations like that work is they plan years ahead of for stuff so we we're probably not going to see, see any immediate changes cuz they're probably just planning to uh continue on this year as they've already planned so one thing i should mention this isn't like what happened at microsoft where there was a big shakeup that we saw a lot of changes that went on afterwards with like the connect the xbox one or even and even the xbox 360 and this isn't even like how when jack trend stepped down and jack trend left like this is this is like on a much more subdued lower smaller level then as far as like changes are concerned yeah those are very good points um well, well, one thing I want to say on this topic real quick is, uh, you know, um, I think it will obviously be some changes. It's probably hard to gauge it right now exactly what changes are coming because we still need to see all of this other stuff that's that's coming in that, you know, further on when we start getting into the next PlayStation console, so on and so forth. So in, in terms of the actual PlayStation division, I don't personally think it's going to impact that because I know that division is making a ton of money for Sony right now. So I don't think they want to do anything too severe to really shake that up in, in the sense that it's going to cause issues. I mean, right now they are the uh, best-selling uh, console this generation. Um, and well, you know, I think uh, at that moment in time, they, they're going to keep that. I mean, they have a lot of great titles coming, so they're going to keep that momentum on them. So, again, there will be some changes to Sony as a whole, but I don't think any of that stuff is going to happen that that fast. Now, maybe about a year or two years from now, it could be a totally different story. I do agree that um, if they was to sell some of the franchises, the movie franchises, that, that probably would be for the best. Marvel, I think, should get ownership of Spider-Man once again. But, uh, I mean, it, it all depends on what's best for them. But I, I do think that considering the success of PlayStation, they may double down on that and invest more money into that. And if there is a sale of any of these IPs, I do see them taking some of that money and investing that back into PlayStation because they have a ton of success from PlayStation already. Why not just add more to that success and invest in other titles being made for the future. But um, again, not really too much I have to say on it either because I'm not really sure how it's going to impact. The one thing I, I, I will say that I am sad to see happen is the uh, Kaz Harai Twitter account, which will also be disappearing this year because I was very entertained by all the stuff that I saw on, on, on there. So that's unfortunate. But uh, outside of that, you know, you got to give uh, Kaz his credit. He's done great things for Sony. So, you know, he felt like it was time to step down. I have no issue with that whatsoever. And, yes, there will definitely be changes because anytime you make changes in the business, there's guaranteed to be some type of things that happen. But overall, I don't really think it's anything to worry about. You know, I think Sony is doing well. So, well, PlayStation is doing well. So I don't really think it's anything severe in my personal opinion. But uh, any other thoughts on this particular topic before we uh, get ready to wrap up here in a little while? I think um, I think this actually confirms that the the um, quote unquote fake Kaz Harai account is actually really Kaz Harai because you know both are stepping down, so it's a bit it's a bit suspicious. Like I, I think that's really his troll account. So yeah, um, but I was also gonna. Um, uh, reply to Victor because he said, I think the main th thing to look at is the future prospects. Can Sony ever move to the tech industry and rival or come close to its peers? And th that's a good point because when you do compare Sony to a lot of uh, other companies out there, they don't always have a lot of growth. Now, within the gaming industry itself, you know, there's there are times when they show some growth and innovation here and there you know um uh, mainly on a software level though but yeah um 
there are times when they shine on, you know, when it comes to PlayStation. But when you look at Sony as a whole, they really haven't like innovated in a major way over the past few years, like other tech companies have. So that is a good question. Um, I do think like, cause tech is an always involved, like evolving kind of industry. So I do think they should uh, probably work on their R&D a little bit and see if they can kind of get back in the game a little bit because there's a lot of stuff going on in tech that they can be a part of, you know? Um, like, for, for example, this is just an example. I'm not saying they should do this, but, you know, there's the Google Home and uh, Amazon Alexa stuff going on. Like, they could, you know, that's a market they could get into, for example. Um, and there, there's so many things they can try and do to really show some more growth within the company. But um, I think over the years, they really have been trying to focus more on entertainment as a whole, you know, PlayStation and movies and everything. But um, technology wise, they haven't made a significant impact. And they kind of, like they, they are actually just sold off the, um, the laptop market, you know, the Sony Veo. They just sold that off. And um, when it comes to other stuff that they, they've been known for in the tech industry, they, they haven't been doing the best, you know, like their phones aren't doing well and stuff. So, yeah, I do think there's a lot of room for growth in that regards to Sony, but that's just something that's going to take a lot more planning, uh, a lot of long-term planning for them. But uh, that's, that's all I got to say at the moment. I agree. Um, very good points uh, all throughout. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, what essentially Sony is going to do with, with all this news. Yeah, I know you mentioned earlier about Andrew Howe stepping down. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, we'll have to see what the end result is of all of this. I, I, I Again, I, I don't think it's going to be an immediate. Uh, you're going to notice any changes immediately. But I think w within the next two years or whenever we see the PlayStation 5 uh, deciding, you know, if that's what they call it, PS5 or whatever, I think by then you may start to see some stuff. But I think for right now, um, PlayStation fans, they, they have a lot to look forward to. I mean, we know God of War is coming out April 20th. We know that Detroit, uh, we know uh, Spider-Man and, um, De yeah, Detroit Spider-Man and uh, Days Gone all supposedly coming out this year. Uh, and then, of course, in the future, you have Death Stranding as well as uh, The Last of Us Part Two. So there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, and I haven't even mentioned stuff like Dreams, which I know, Gary, you've already said that is your most anticipated game of 2018. So um, I, I've yeah, heard a lot of people talk, talking about that, like in, in various places, including at PSX, that they're saying different things and like really praising it. I still don't see it yet. Like I understand it's a <laughs> game that, you know, you're going to have to create stuff and it's going to be, you know, things that kind of like, you know, build up to a vision and other, other things that are much more for the creative crowd. And for people like me that don't create stuff, it, it's more about playing other people's creations, but I still don't see that as like a, as a big deal to someone like me though. That's just me. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, I agree also with you because I didn't see really anything of dreams when we were at PSX. So I don't really know. I'm not really bought into that yet. People didn't get to play it there. They they only got to see it like beforehand. I think it was at you know certain stuff at like Paris Games Week or going to like Sony headquarters or something. But it was I'm talking about it, really like speaking about it and talking with other different people about that their particular experiences with it. Hmm. I got you. I got you. Well, I guess we'll see whether or not it's uh it lives up to uh the praise that some have been giving it. Um, but I do know what we did see. Detroit, yeah, Detroit looks great. Uh, every, everything else we saw from Sony there was looks looks awesome. So it's a lot to look forward to. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. Any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up uh, today's show? No, I'm good. Okay, cool. So uh, we thank you all for checking out uh, this week's episode of the Co-op Podcast. I know it was uh, maybe a little bit shorter than it normally would be, but that is only because, uh, you know, it's a pretty busy day today for most of us, uh, but we definitely wanted to make sure that we did a podcast and talked about a lot of the news that went down this week. So um, I want to thank everybody in the chat that did get a chance to check us out today. And if you're listening later, we appreciate the continued support. Uh, Mr. Lugo, do you have any shout outs that you would like to give? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Big shout outs to everybody in the chat. Big shout outs to our Patreon supporters. We appreciate your guys, we appreciate your guys' patronage and you know continuously supporting us throughout everything and uh, allowing us to constantly make some great content on the website, the channel, on our social media, all over the place. Uh, big shout outs to Antlion Audio for uh, letting us uh, do the unboxing for the Mod Mach Five. That again, that content's already up now. You guys could check out our, my uh, initial impressions from the unboxing as well as us using it in our Monster Hunter Worlds commentary. Uh, definitely check that out when you guys get a chance. Also, big shout outs to Paris Lilly from uh, Gamertag Radio, who was just on my uh, show, TK Spotlight, who we had him on there. We talked about podcasting. We talked about gaming. We talked about covering the video game industry over the years. It's an episode that if you haven't checked out yet, it went up yesterday. Uh, definitely do so. You can check it out on the website. You can check it out on our YouTube channel, and you can check it out over on iTunes. Make sure that when you guys do listen to the episode on iTunes or listen to any of the episodes we have of the show on iTunes, make sure that you rate and subscribe to it. Make sure that you guys pass it around to everybody else. And uh, again, thank you to everybody in the comments, posting up comments uh, about, uh, uh, about our interviews, about our reviews, about all of our content we've been posting up on the website. So thank you. A big, uh, a big amount. We appreciate it. Hopefully, you guys enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Even if you're not watching the game, like myself, you're not watching the game for the game. You're watching it for those trailers. You're watching it for all those big movie reveals. And hopefully, throughout the rest of the week, we get some more, you know, some exciting news here and there. So I'm excited. I can't wait to see what's up. See what uh, the movie studios have for us real soon. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm also going to second that you should check out that. Uh interview that Paris did. It's very insightful discussion. And a shout out to Gamertag Radio. I know they just had an anniversary. Uh, they have a lot of things that they're doing this year that are very big. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to all of them over there. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, all the Patreon supporters, as Gary will also mention as well. Uh, let everybody know that, yes, there is plenty of things coming this week to the site. So stay tuned a couple of reviews, and then, of course, we have other things coming further down the pike. But uh, appreciate the continued support, and uh, Gary, the floor is yours. Yep, so big shouts to all of our Patreon supporters. I'm going to list them now. That's M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelowin Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, and Miguel. Big shouts to all of you. We appreciate you all. Um, and shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today. Um, Victor Wesley's in there. We haven't seen him in a while. And uh, uh, Big Night 860. Um, big shouts to all of you guys. And thanks for being here. Thanks for interacting with us. Absolutely. So thank you all once again. Take care. Have a great rest of the weekend. And we'll talk to you all next week.